Welcome to the Partner Running Show, a show for runners and soon-to-be runners from around the world as we talk all things running. The Partner Running Show is hosted by a couple on the run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien, and proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and the Partner Runner magazine. And now, on with the show. Well, welcome to the Partner Running Show on this uh, 21st or 20th of April 2015, no matter where you may be in the world. Uh, I'm Andrew O'Brien, and I'm here in the Partner Running Studio with my lovely co-host, Sue. How are you going, Sue? I'm going very well, thank uh, you. We, uh, we missed last week. We were yes. away at the uh, in the aftermath, actually, of the mm. Anzac Ultra, where we, we did our first 300-kilometre race, so we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. So by the time we got through the race and then... Uh, had a day's recovery, we sort of we missed our show time. So uh, apologies for that, but we probably needed the rest. I think, after, I think after we the needed the rest. Races. Yes. Anyway, so we're back uh, back this week, and uh, today our our sort of feature stories. We're going to have a look at somebody else's list. Often we put together our own lists of uh, you know, the top ten or the best of this or the best of that or the things to do. But it was really I thought inter- interesting uh, article that went by a couple of days ago on the website buzzfeed.com and there's an article the 25 crazy fun marathons that are totally worth training for was the headline and that sort of caught my attention and, and often when I see those things go past I like to sort of go through and first of all tick yes done that done that no haven't done that don't want and then it's a kind of yes well I'd like to do that or I'd like to do it again so rather than coming up with our own list we thought we'd have a critique and a bit of a look at some of the uh, marathons on somebody else's list uh, as I said, we're going to um, mention or have a, a uh, bit of a recap of the Anzac Ultra and our other regular segments. Indeed. Over the shoulder, a quick review of last weekend's running. Well, we've uh, two weeks worth of news, Sue, so what's been happening? <laughs> well, I think the big story that's been dominating, uh, well, sometimes the television print but also of course the internet and news on that's from that source is the Boston Marathon and it was the 119th running of the Boston Marathon and a very exciting finish for the women's uh, end of that race. Um, Just to start off with let's set the scene leading up to Boston had been sunny quite mild temperatures but as the weather has a way of doing complete swap around for race day very cold wet windy um, quite a few comments about the strength of the wind drizzle and very cold so all things sort of put together it was not a very comfortable day for the middle of the packers the back of the packers that had had to wait uh, out at the start at Hopkinton to get going uh, towards Boston. So a bit of a cold start. Even the elite were wearing arm warmers, which is always an indication that it was pretty cold out there. Um, for the winner, the male winner, Lelisa de Sisa from Ethiopia. And uh, twice a winner in the last three years in the time of two hours and nine minutes from his countryman, Yamane Tsege. Uh, for the women's section, though, Carolyn Rotich won in a sprint finish to the line over Mare de Biba of Ethiopia by four seconds. And by all accounts, it was a really exciting finish as she ran her down in the straight and passed to win. 
wave starts of about 10,000 in each wave. And quite a few comments about the presence of high security again, particularly around this event, but a lot of American marathons in particular have got this high security element. Metal detectors checking runners at the start as they are waiting in their corrals. So interesting on that one. But uh, as I said, news dominated with Boston. But something that caught my eye over the last week was a marathon in Qatar which was labelled as uh, the mega marathon. The Qatari government forced, this is the word that was used in this article, forced workers to participate in a mega marathon to break the Guinness World Book of World Records for the largest number of people running in a marathon. Now, as we know, like some of these fields, uh, New York Marathon, you're up around 50,000. So there's a lot of people being drawn in to try and participate in this event. And participants that had genuinely signed up to the race commented that it was one of the most disorganised and chaotic events ever. And the numbers fell at least 17,000 short of the anticipated uh, number to break the world record. Um, to show off the facilities and the sporting nature of the country uh, to promote the 2022 World Cup. A very strange event started at 2pm in the afternoon with 84 degrees Fahrenheit Celsius. It was actually a half marathon, so quoted as a marathon but a half marathon, um, to protest against the allegations of persecution of workers, showing that workers were fit, healthy, able to participate. But records were showing that runners were out there being forced to participate, labourers in jeans, in flip-flops or bare feet even, um, forced to participate in this event. Apparently Qatar has a large percentage of the population, 90%, that are in fact almost slaves as immigrant workers. Um, so a lot of allegations there and very, very uncomfortable situation for runners. Now, a couple of allegations uh, also of not quite cheaters, but in the Rock and Roll um, Rally Marathon, the winner, the female winner of the event was steered off course by the leading bikes at mile 19. She was leading by over 30 minutes. Now, when everyone realized, or the group realized this had happened, police gave her a ride back in the car to mile 17. But since she'd already passed mile 17, they gave her a ride to mile 22. And then she jumped out of the car and after 30 minutes of non-running, began to run again and managed to find the finish line eventually in three hours and six minutes in this rock and roll rally marathon and was awarded uh, first place. Very unusual situation. I would have thought that if you were given a lift back, uh, that was something that could be considered assistance. Well, I think usually it's in the rules that if you, if you go the wrong way, you've got to get yourself back on the course. Get yourself um, back is the word, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you, mm. can't, you can't assist. But I suppose if if the um, if it wasn't covered in the race rules, there might have been some room for discrepancy. So did you see there was another uh, cheating one as well? A bit yes, more, a bit more that's what I was... Uh, I, I haven't actually got all the, the details of that one, but I believe that it was basically, as we have heard with the Singapore Marathon, someone starting the course... Yes, this was, a, this was your classic... Uh, 
just you know attempt to cheat uh, at the St Louis Marathon. So I think you know we don't, I don't think we need to get into the nitty gritties. But it was a woman there who got got caught originally was judged the winner, and then uh, things came to pass that they worked out that no 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 she wasn't the winner. Um, bit of trivial news. Yep. Oh, one that was a very nice, interesting point of uh, news. Kenneth Mungara broke the Masters world record for men in the marathon at age 41, two hours and eight minutes in the Milan City Marathon. Um, that's pretty good going. It is pretty good. Pretty good. Good going. The uh, the the being led astray or going the wrong track there on the course. That reminded me that it happened in Canberra for the fifty. For the, certainly for the women, I'm not sure about the men, but the women in the 50k. Ah, uh, that's right. Yes. So they had they had that little issue. Um, big news that uh, Ivanka Trump ran her first half marathon. Um, I'm assuming she's some relation to Trump, daughter or she is the daughter. Yes. Something like that. She is the daughter. Uh, so there you go. And something a bit more far fetched was that uh, some guy wrote a novel um, based around the 2010 Pittsburgh Marathon where. The, sort of the marathon served as a backdrop for a, this fictional murder mystery, and um, as it's coming up again to Pittsburgh Marathon time, he he gets uh, requests to go and speak and and uh, sort of boost his book sales every year as it comes up to marathon time. So if cool. he'd written, if he'd written uh, against the backdrop of say the New York or London marathons. Um, he might have sold a lot more books. I was about to say that. He's got a larger field to so purchase his go. books. I've just, yeah. I've just come up with a, with a good idea there. So given the timing that London and um, Boston are so close together, that would be the plot. You'd tie both of those races together um, and hit both continents and well, boost your sales for your marathon-related mystery. Okay, that is the over-the-shoulder news of the week. Let's get mm-hmm. on with the show. Ask Sue. Do you have a question you'd like answered? Why not send us a message, a tweet, or post your question on the Partner Running Facebook page? Take it away, Sue. Okay, well, often I'm asked about different products and what I think about them and whether I've heard about them or do I think it's going to help training or help race performance and I got asked this question what did I think about beetroot juice was it something that uh, was a supplement that I'd heard of its values or heard of the benefits that it can give runners and I had actually come across beetroot juice before being used as probably a pre-race enhancement um, by quite an elite runner actually a Craig that we met in London on who's doing his shopping the eve before the London Marathon and he had beetroot juice in his trolley and he swears by it before big races leading up to to his performance. And one of the reasons being that beetroot juice is one of those peculiar juices that is supposed to um, decrease oxygen consumption during moderate running and increase time to exhaustion by about 15%. Now, there have been quite a few studies looking at the benefits of beetroot juice, and one in particular in the late 2000s in the UK found that by drinking regular beet juices, blood nitrate levels increased and resting blood pressure decreased. So it did actually produce an effect. Now, 
Endurance athletes have, have taken this to heart, or some of them have taken it to heart. And over the last few years, there weren't very many beetroot products around in the market other than the juice that um, I saw Craig with it. They're available at general supermarkets. But now it's becoming more popular and there are a lot more beetroot products available on the market. It's sort of becoming a bit of a vogue amongst cyclists and runners. And a lot of runners and cyclists are willing to use any of these so-called natural products that might increase their athletic performance. So these can range from something like beetroot shots, which are concentrated juice in little sachets, almost like goos. But a lot of people find the taste of beetroot to be overwhelmingly sickly and sweet or just overwhelmingly powerful with a slightly metallic flavour as well. So being mixed with banana is quite a common one, or other juices or other flavours. So goo has brought out a flavour, uh, banana and beet is one of their newest uh, flavours. Same with cliff, cliff bar or cliff energy pouches, almost like a, a baby food size product to have during the event to try and Again, lower your blood pressure, increase your blood nitrate levels and increase time to exhaustion. So these little pouches um, are combined often with banana, peach, mango, other flavours to try and drown out a little bit of the uh, overwhelming beetroot flavour. But still, the benefits of beetroot remain in the product. Another food type that's becoming really popular, promoting beetroot again, are energy bars. And a UK brand um, has, company has just entered the US market called Beat It, and they are combining beetroot powder, um, the essence, to mix with oats to make a bar, but then also selling the beetroot powder itself to be mixed into smoothies, shakes, cakes, cookies, to try and get some of the benefits of the, the beetroot powder into athletes to try and increase all of those oxygen benefits. Now, I've tried beetroot juice. It is quite difficult to consume and it does leave a bit of an aftertaste in your mouth if you are having it as a shot and following it with something else or having it leading up to an event uh, maybe if that's going to help your um, oxygen uptake then that's a good thing but it does have a very unpleasant aftertaste the benefits associated with beetroot, um, particularly antioxidant ones, anti-inflammatory, um, it assists digestion, which is an interesting one to have during your event, any sort of beetroot products. It also um, is traditionally has traditionally been used because of its high iron content as well, and it's used to help anemia patients, and that's what when I was finding myself a bit anemic, I was using this beetroot juice um, in combined with folic acid, vitamin C, to try and pick up my iron contents again. Um, better to have the beetroot powder or salads or those sort of things with raw beetroot. Again, it is one of those juices or one of those uh, fruits or vegetables that loses a lot of its benefits when cooked. Um, so it's not good for people with people people with kidney problems um, because it does promote stone formation. So you've got to be very careful about that as well. But just as one of those little tips, this study found that if you're drinking um, somewhere around 200 to 250 mils every day for three weeks leading up before your event, it's going to help your athletic performance.
I suppose why not give it a try, one of those things, unless it does have any adverse effects upon your body. But that's all I know about beetroot juice after a little bit of research and some of the anecdotal evidence I have myself. That was the Ask Sue segment of the Partner Running Show. If you have a question for Sue, please post it on the Partner Running Facebook page or email us at radio at partnerrunning.com. You're listening to the Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by partnerrunning.com and the Partner Runner magazine. Well, our special uh, feature segment on today's Partner Running Show, something a little bit different. As I said, we uh, in the outro, intro, we often uh, come up with our own lists of uh, and recommendations of the top 10 of this or the top 20 of that or you know, recommend here and there. Um, but today we're doing something slightly different. We're going to have a look at somebody else's list. And uh, this comes from a, an article which appeared on buzzfeed.com recently. Um, the title of the article is 25 Crazy Fun Marathons That Are Totally Worth Training For. Uh, and this was uh, an article written and appeared and posted on that site on April 17th, uh, written by Lauren Paul. So, so what I thought we'd do is we'd uh, work through the list, uh, just to give a quick snapshot of the race, and then maybe get you to make a comment uh, on my chip in if I've got one on each of the races mm-hmm. and see what we think. And I think we'll come back to these crazy fun marathons. Are they crazy fun or are they just damn good to do I suppose it depends on what your definition of crazy fun is yes I was about to think that so I think this one absolutely captures it it meets the crazy fun definition there's no doubt about it and it's well worth your vacation and training and and everything and that is number one is the Walt Disney World Marathon Uh, takes place early January in Orlando Florida each year at Disney World what are your thoughts oh undoubtedly it's uh, one of those runs that almost takes your mind off running because you're so busy looking around for the characters that are appearing every short distance around the course, as well as, of course, the iconic buildings, different lands that you run past and through. Um, so, yeah, it, it is one that really takes your mind off running. I think it's great for beginners. Now, of course, they have the, um, what well, they've had for many years now, the Goofy Challenge, but they also have the Dopey Challenge, which involves a five one day, a 10k the next, a half marathon and a marathon. So there's something there for the whole family or something there for somebody who wants to do them all. Um, I suppose the general tendency can be a little bit humid to warm because it is in uh, Orlando and Florida, but it is in winter and we have had friends there where they've uh, been almost icy, so it, it can go either way, yep. uh, but a wonderful, wonderful vacation. Number two, um, on their list is the Honolulu Marathon, which takes place in the second weekend weekend of December. Probably our favourite uh, destination holiday marathon in the world. We've done it six times. What are your thoughts? Uh, again, it is, uh, I think, very suitable for beginners. When we alluded to the fact with Disney that it was really suitable for the beginners, um, this one is also, in terms of pretty easy running, I mean, you've got to go over Diamond Head uh, both at the start, well, at the finish, you've got to come up and over the top. But for the rest of the course, it's pretty flat. So running itself is not too difficult. But some of the views, looking out over the water, and that whole aloha spirit yes. is out on the course. And of course, you're finishing up there, 
park opposite Waikiki yeah, Beach. Yeah, Capilioni Park. You can yeah. just sit there. And, and one of the things that does make it crazy fun is the tradition of the uh, finishes T-shirt. And uh, it's a couple of years since we've been, but I think it was one of our highlights every year was watching particularly the Japanese, some of the Japanese runners, but not exclusively who would sort of, you know, the day after the race you'd see lots of people. Two days after the race you'd see yeah, a few less, but still lots of people. And then by about the fourth or fifth day, you'd see the same dudes walking around in the same T-shirt. And they knew it was the same people because everyone else had gone home uh, or changed shirts. And these guys, just they just leave their shirt on the whole week. Mm. And good on them too after running the Honolulu Marathon. Why not? Now, this next one, number three on the list, uh, it's a race that many years ago we had, uh, I think we might have entered or certainly planned to do and then had to change for, for some reason. Uh, the Jungfrau Marathon, which uh, is in Interlaken, Switzerland, and uh, takes place in mid-September. Now, I know this is still on your list of, of races you want to get back to, stunning mm. scenery. What are your thoughts? Well, I think we've really jumped across from a beginner-friendly race to something that is going to be very challenging and I think to fully enjoy it properly and be able to say what a crazy fun marathon that was, you need to do a fair amount of training in the hills to get through that with a smile on your dial. Yes, but if you're having run the Swiss Alpine, it is, it is quite Oh, yeah, the scenery would be amazing. So in terms of the list so far, um, Disney, Honolulu and Jungfrau, we've either done them or would love to do them. Mm-hmm. Now this next one, uh, people who've done it rave about it, but it's one of those ones that's not for everybody. It's, uh, it's I suppose, like like all of them, but particularly this one that seems to really jump out as being a, oh, yes, wouldn't that be wonderful, or I have no interest. And I, I have to say, uh, I'm somebody who doesn't have a great interest in this one, uh, but it is the Marathon du Madoc, uh, well known for the wine, cheese, and food festivities on the course. And this is on the course as you run along. So this is aid stations that are really not aid stations, but wine stations. So it's in September, uh, early September each year in uh, Bordeaux in France. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually have a different theme. So yes, you, you encourage dress. people to dress up and participate. And as I said, everybody who does it loves it. And I have no doubt if I was in the area and, and had the chance to participate, I would do it and I would love it. It's just not one that I would travel from one side of the world to the other to just to do this, just this race. Although you could always entice me. Any other other sort of comments? Well, I think it's a great one again for beginners. This is one that's going to get you running maybe. Pick pick up the running shoes. Okay, now this next one, number five on the list, is a brand new, well not brand new because it's already happened once. It's Mm. as good as brand new as you can get after having one event. So 2015 will be the second running, sold out in the first year. And from all reports, the scenery, the whole thing is is, uh, a little bit traily and a bit you know, not, not your simple road marathon, so a bit of a chance for it, but we are talking about the Queenstown International Marathon, uh, one of the stunning parts of the world uh, just outside Queenstown in the South Island of New Zealand in the middle of November. What do you think? On my bucket list, it is a place that I've never been to, so that's always interesting, but that, again, lots of people have raved about the beauty of the location and uh, the course... As you said, interesting, so flat, a couple of hills, um, but also not that many people have done it. So, again, it, it sort of does give you that feeling of you're breaking new ground in the running world. Okay, yeah, number six. This is one that's interesting. It's on the list because uh, it has been, I think, getting quite a bit of social media-type advertising and promotion over the last couple of weeks. And this is the Patagonian International Marathon, which takes place in the Tour del Payne National Park in Chile. Uh, at the end of September, 
the comment on this this article from BuzzFeed says it's intermediate, pretty hilly terrain and limited number of runners. The photos look stunning. Uh, the write-up mm -hmm. looks stunning. Uh, I'd put it onto my list. I'd be prepared to go. Yeah, um, only a thousand runners. So again, if it is that gorgeous and they're really promoting it, it may become one of those races that you've got to plan almost at all. And was there's something about that there is part of the reforestation campaign that they're trying to really uh, enhance the area, and that's why it's limited. So every runner finishes plants a tree as part of their reforestation okay. campaign. So if you're looking for a seven continent type. Uh ticking all the boxes over time, this would be a nice one for your South American mm. continent um, and does something a bit out of the usual and something very beautiful. Now, the next one I found is a bit of a surprise. I would imagine if I lived in uh, Florida or eastern US, I'd probably have this on my list as a, as a place that I'd go and run regularly, but it didn't strike me as having been to uh, the place, uh, not one that I would specifically go a long way for, nor did it strike me as being particularly stunning. Uh, but I have no doubt it is a wonderful event. And then we're talking here about the Cayman Island Marathon, which takes place first week of December uh, in the Cayman Islands. Yeah, two loops, very flat but very hot. Mm. Yep. Uh, well, I suppose it's the reason being that it's the Cayman Islands. Yes, Great well, beaches and places to relax afterwards. Well, like worth checking out. But at that time of the year, I've got Tucson, I've got uh, Cancun, but the week after, I've got Honolulu. Honolulu yeah. So, again, it, whatever floats your boat, I wouldn't have it on my top 25 list, but I have no doubt it's a wonderful experience and a wonderful event. Okay, now this one, again, fun, not so sure, but certainly on the bucket list. It's, it's a very popular one. I know it's on your list, too. And, of course, we're talking mm. about number eight on the BuzzFeed list of uh, crazy fun marathons. And this is the Great Wall Marathon, which takes place just outside of Beijing in China, third Saturday in May every year, similar same day as the Great Ocean Road Marathon uh, in Australia. So something different, not not a place for a PB, lots of stairs. Oh, yes, everyone that's done it, either the half or the full, comment on the, you've got to like stairs, you've got to have done a lot of stairs, this is really tough. And accordingly, time's a lot slower. So you've got to add something like an extra hour and a half to your normal time to actually get through that uh, event. But hey, it's a great way of seeing one of the seven wonders of the world. And it's a good, good, good reason to go to China and do that. Okay, something different and again it's a bit like, in some ways a bit like the Great Wall. It's a, it's, this, this marathon is a great reason to go and see I don't know if it's one of the seven wonders but it's one of those famous uh, locations and of course number nine we're talking about the Niagara Falls International Marathon which takes place in mid-October uh, they describe it here as flat and scenic but tends to be chilly well I can't remember the time of the year we were there I think it might have been April or something but it, but it was chilly would be a uh, understatement it was downright freezing <laughs> it was. so I can imagine this would be one to um, keep your warm gear with you but like anything if you dress dress appropriately then you're going to love it and this is something about uh, Niagara Falls that I can see how the fun part would be part of it. Yes, and as you run, presumably you get different views from different angles and aspects um, from the US side, from the Canadian side, across the border. So you get to travel into two different countries in one race. So that's pretty cool. Um, and again, it's a great tourist destination in itself. Okay, so again, uh, number 10 on the list. Not one that I would put on my list as a fun, crazy fun but I would certainly have it on my bucket list of um, marathons to tick off over time. Um, I know when we did it, we sort of didn't make it, didn't think it was worth the trip just for that, but we 
weaved it into a trip that picked up a couple of other marathons and it fitted in there beautifully. Now, of course, we, we're talking about the original. We're talking about the first. Uh, we're talking about the Athens Marathon, which uh, takes place uh, at the moment. I think they're going for early November. It has moved a little bit from late October to mm. early to mid-November, uh, but worth checking. But it is it is uh, the, the best last 200 metres of any marathon course in the world, I would say. Yes, coming into the Panathenaic Stadium in Athens City and that old, old uh, arena just is magnificent. Really worth really worth the, the shivers that you get as you do it. Okay, number 11. Uh, many of our running friends have done many, many marathons around the world have this one as their top race yep. uh they're their number one best organized most most enjoyable and that's saying something compared to uh, well given the what's out there uh we're talking here about the tokyo marathon which takes place uh in of course japan in mid-february each year fast flat and incredibly well organized oh look from what i've heard you are passed from one little white gloved attendant to the next um in just a perfectly seamless and supported event so if you've got any doubt i can't speak japanese i might be a bit lost um i think that you're going to be in good hands for this event the course is pretty fast and flat as well okay changing uh again areas or continents quite considerably here number 12 on the list from uh buzzfeed.com of crazy fun marathons that are totally worth training for uh, is the Kilimanjaro Marathon. Mm. So uh, end of February takes place in Tanzania in uh, Makamazi National Park. Now you don't actually run up the Mount Kilimanjaro as you would think, uh, as you, you might think from the, the top, but you run sort of one of those ones that gets the beautiful views. Tough at the start but then kind of evens out a bit. Uh, and it's one you do as packages so it's not it's not like slipping into your local uh, you know, downtown marathon. It's it is certainly a destination marathon, but some stunning views. And if if that's what floats your boat, then yeah, why not? And I, and I probably want to go there and do it as part of a package too, yes. just to make sure all my safety is taken care of. Good thinking. Okay, another one we've done, and again, I think it, I can see why this is on the list. It's a magnificent event it's coming up uh, soon, and coming up, in fact, it's coming up in a few days. Really, mm. it's the Big Sur International Marathon along the California coast. It was one of the first, one of the ones that went on my initial list of races I wanted to do for some reason, and uh, I think I probably did it in my first ten, fifteen. Um, very lucky that we did the trip. We ran Boston, and then we ran. Big Sur, and so this is a, a one-way trip along the California coast. Stunning views, um, lots of fun with the entertainers, the piano man, the um, the drummers, the dancers, you name it. And of course, everyone's having a great time. Your oh yeah, on Big Sur, uh, the scenery is just something that stands out in my mind as that road weaves around the coast and you get the views of the coast, you get the views of the hinterland, you've got some pine forests, um, and. Yes, that, that sort of summarises it in my mind, is it's the scenery supposed to be really tough with lots of hills and difficult, challenging course um, a little bit, but again, nothing that's going to really knock you around too much. So we just to, just to sort of recap, we are at the 13 of 25 of the 25 crazy fun marathons that are totally worth training for based on uh, an article written by Lauren Paul that's published on buzzfeed.com on April 17th. So you just go to buzzfeed.com and then if you search for crazy fun marathons that are totally worth training for, you'll find this list that we're working our way through. Fair to say, our 13 that we've got through, 
there's probably only one that we think, well, oh, I'm not real sure it should be on the list, but it's a pretty damn good list so far. Yeah, and surprising, or not surprisingly, more that we haven't done than we have. Yes, we just at the end to go back and uh, to mm. have a see, see how we end up. Now, yeah, I know one of our listeners, uh, if he's back from his Bali holiday, is going to get uh, a bit excited about this, and that is uh, uh, having a guest on the show a few times, Camo from the Rogue Runners, uh, based out of Perth. One of his big races that he wants to do is on the list, and I'll let you pronounce it because you do it better than me. Ah, uh, okay. It is the Marathon de la Baie de Mont-Saint-Michel, and it is uh, in Normandy in France. Saint-Michel, uh, or Mont-Saint-Michel, is an island, I suppose you call it an island, just off the coast, and depending on the time of day with the tides, it is either an island or there is a sand causeway, and you can drive out to the island and walk out to the island. Now, I didn't know this until I was reading this article from BuzzFeed. Um, we often talk about, with Rotorua Marathon, how you're running around the lake and you kind mm-hmm. of get this perspective of the 26 miles or the 42K. But the, the comment here uh, about the um, Marathon de la Baie de Mont-Saint-Michel is that, and I'll just read it, uh, you can see the gorgeous Abbey of Mont-Saint-Michel Island ahead of you for the whole 26 miles as you run through cute villages and countryside. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. So you must go sort of along the coast or along the, the terrain where it's quite flat, so you get that view. That would add to it. That's a, it's yeah, a nice little feature. Yeah, and you work your way towards it, I wasn't, gather. I wasn't aware of, yes. Okay, number 14 on the list. Uh, Sue, this is your first and your 50th. Yes, the Bank of America Chicago Marathon. And this is, in some ways, the most comfortable of the marathon majors to do it's rock up to the start and run without any of that procrastinating waiting for hours at the start before the gun goes off but great vibe out on the course huge amount of crowds still um, in my memory largest thick amount of spectators cheering on this course very flat supposedly very easy marathon uh, early in October great variation in weather some people have reported snow flurries for others have been heated out on the course we've had sunny pleasant conditions on each of the occasions that we've run um, and some runners just come back year after year yeah, it's a magnificent city Chicago and, and a lot of fun a lot of great running to be had it does bring it all together mm. okay number six this is on my list it's one that I had again on my early list and then I forgot about it for a few years got distracted mm. doing other things it's back on the top of my list now something I would like to do over the next few years and this is the Inca Trail Marathon uh, that runs to Machu Picchu in uh, in Peru from Cusco, Cusco I suppose is where you would would say it is but much picture what better way to go and see it so you can go and see yeah. the great wall of china you can go and see uh the inca trail and so this takes place there's twice a year there's a mid-june and an early august it's done through a, a travel package nearly three thousand us for the package it's not something you do lightly or cheaply no. but what better way if you're going to go and see uh the inca ruins why not do a marathon while you're at it yeah, and this is one of the reason, part of the reason for that length of the package, apart from having a look at the, the place itself, is getting acclimatised to the altitude levels. So again, medical checks, you need to be trained, and probably just being an experienced trail runner going yep. up to do this one. I like the way it says, no spectators, no bibs, just running. running. Okay, something 
very different, different part of the world. Number 17 on the list is the Midnight Sun Marathon, which takes place in mid-June in Tromso, Norway. Um, yeah, I think this is pretty much um, for the crazy fun ones, starting at 10.30pm at night. How's that for a great start time? That is pretty um, challenging to get, get up and start running a marathon at that time. Um, at Something that time different of the year, too. Yeah. Don't, don't say running at night. Well, not well with, running with, a day at daylight night. Daylight at night. In yes. The middle of the, the night. In the Wouldn't day. need your torch. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly this part in this time in this part of the year. I don't know that they even get darkness. It's going to be certainly a unique experience. Okay, oh, number yeah. 18 on the list is the New York City Marathon. Um, and there is a lot of fun to be had here. Uh, not everybody gets a lot of fun out of it, but if you take it for what it is, there is a lot of fun to be had, a lot of great signs, a lot of incredible cheering, the crowd, the... Um, activities and events before and after the race it is certainly a fun and well worth training for and i think one of those ones that um well worth doing at least once some people like like it to do it over and over as others go yep been there done that plenty more fish in the sea i'm going to go after something else but uh the new york marathon we've been fortunate to do it quite quite a number of times now number 19 something close to home this is close to home it certainly would go very high in the list of stunning scenery. Oh, I'll yes. You, I'll, let you, I'll let you tell people what it is. Tell people what it is. If you haven't guessed already, it is the Great Ocean Road Marathon uh, in Victoria in Australia. And it's held mid-May, usually about the third Sunday in May. Um, intermediate is pretty hilly. There are not really a lot of spectators. In fact, the whole road is closed, so it makes it quite difficult for spectators. This is uh, a, a road that is fairly inaccessible from the um, point of view of once you're on the course. So not so great for spectators to see you along the journey or even many people to come out and cheer. But stunning, stunning scenery on you know probably Australia's most famous highway. Yes, I think, and we've often say here, Great Ocean this, Road. This is part of a set. That, that we reckon you should do is Great Ocean Road, of course. Uh, earlier on the list, we talked about Big Sur, and then there is the Two Oceans Ultra in uh, Cape Town in South Africa. It makes a nice set of three that have got some real similarities amongst them. So that's the Great Ocean Road Marathon. Okay, so number 20, we're off to Iceland. Yeah, we're off to Reykjavik. And uh, this is perhaps one of those places, again, that is crazy fun just even going to Iceland. Why are you going to Iceland? I'm going to run a marathon. It's at the end of Why August. Why else would you go to Iceland? Well, this is, I just had some friends that come back from, have come back from Iceland, and I said, Pete, did you go for the marathon? Because I couldn't, wasn't sure what you'd go for. He said, well, we just picked it because we've never been there and we didn't know what was there. Okay. So it is a great beginner-friendly, not entirely flat, but it's something crazy. Okay, number 20 on the list, again, a bit like New York, lots of fun, uh, lots of big charity runners here. We're mm. talking about, and it's coming up next weekend, the Virgin Money uh, London Marathon. Again, one that we've done it several times. And it, it is a lot of fun. It's a great city. Yeah. Uh, like the theatre, the, the bookstores, the, the history, the culture, uh, all of that. It is, it is London and it is quite spectacular. Lots of fancy dress costumes out there and charity groups, huge amounts of people just having a good time. Okay, something very different again for the adventuresome. Number 22 on the list, Sue, is... is the Tenzing Hillary Everest Marathon. So we're up on the snow line here in Kathmandu in Nepal at the end of May. Super advanced and requires you to do training at uh, high elevations, getting maybe in the altitude chamber. And uh, also, again, to allow quite a few weeks to do this event, to get acclimatised to the extremely thin air up in that part of the world. Okay. 
number 23, quite topical because it was on earlier today, uh, US time, uh, and that is, of course, the Boston Marathon. Once again, fun. Eh, not so sure. Lots of serious people here. Um, yeah. Um, but, but it is fun in the sense of you do have the, the university people along the side and uh, the atmosphere is quite quite stunning. Um, and so well worth, again, on the, on the list. Some people mm-hmm. love to go back and back. Uh, others sort of do it once and some it's just a, a dream of well you know, there's lots of great races in the world and you know, this is this is but one of them and it is sort of a qualification marathon I suppose in, in some ways you've got to try and run the time to yeah. get in there now this uh, is the only one on the list which I had not heard of mm. before um, so it's a, it's a German one so it's going to be fun because as Germans Sean do know how to have a good time and uh, I'll let you pronounce it and tell yeah, us about it yeah it's the Sparkasse Marathon um, in Lindau in Germany, first week of October. I can honestly say this is one I have never heard of. Um, beginner friendly, super flat road race, um, very cheap entry fee, and well, there's a chance. Oh no, I know which one it is now. They've just renamed it with a new sponsor. Three countries you can run in one race. Ah. Uh-huh. Yes, it did used to be called something else. This is it starts in Germany goes through Austria, veers into Switzerland and finishes back in Austria. So you, if you're one of these people that counts the number of countries I run a marathon in... This is a good way to go. This is one for you. Okay. I was going to say, if, if uh, you want something German at that, around that time of the year, then of course you've got Berlin and you've got Munich that are September, October, which is, mm. is, is good options. But yes, this, is, this does have the attraction and the three countries does make it a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, so that's number 24. Now, last but not least on our list... Ah, the big five. And the big five refers to not hills or anything like that, but animals. Because you are running in the Entebbeni Game Reserve in South Africa at the end of June, if you're participating in the big five. So a bit of dusty terrain and uh, could be hot. Um, Some killer hills out there as well. But that allure of being in amongst the animals' habitats as you run. The elephant, the rhino, the buffalo, the lion, the leopard. And of course, it's, it's again it's another one which has the packages. Mm. Uh, you can't just rock up on the day, uh, bring your own accommodation. You've got to take a package, and lots of um, yeah, lots of people have this one on their list as a way of getting their their African continent race and enjoying the whole experience. Game park so, experience, yeah. Yes, yeah, quite quite spectacular there. So that's uh, that's the twenty five on the list of uh, crazy fun marathons that are totally worth training for from buzzfeed.com thank you to a great article from Lauren Paul hard to really argue with any of those and one or two that we might not have had on our list but many Mm. of them we would have now Sue before we finish up with this can you think of a a crazy fun marathon that might not be on the list that you would have liked to add ooh I notice there's nothing rock and roll no nothing uh, rock and roll some of those rock and roll ones rock and roll Vegas uh, rock and roll San Diego. I uh, haven't done all of the rock and rolls, of course. Rock and roll New Orleans. I reckon one of those would have you'd have to have a rock and roll one on your crazy fun ones. Rock and roll Arizona was quite yeah. Quite fun. One of the ones that I did think of that I thought, well, if you're talking about Athens, to me Venice was more crazy fun when you they erected the pontoon bridge across the Grand Canal for you yep. to run across and then you had all those little bridges to go over coming into the city of Venice to me that's more crazy fun to say what you ran across the Grand Canal yep. that's that's something that to me could have easily been in and in the that, places I think else. Paris had a lot of fun too yeah. a lot of uh, 
Paris culture, a lot of uh, dress-up people, lots of things to see. So you could, you could maybe slick that onto the list. But you could go on and on. I mean, yeah. um, Los Angeles is, is a lot of fun. Miami has a lot of fun. So um, and then down to some of the smaller events. So we could we could sit here all day and name probably another fifty or sixty, which are a lot of fun. So it's tough when you come to come up with your top ten or fifteen yeah. or twenty five. Uh, that was certainly a mighty fine list, and uh, and got around to a lot of the different continents too, rather than just all being US centric or Europe centric. Yes. So if you had to pick uh, one or two out of there that's on the list that you haven't done, what might stand out? The Jungfrau? Definitely. Yeah, definitely pick the the, the Jungfrau. Mm. Marathon de Madoc, I'm not so fussed about. If Um, you were nearby, maybe? Queenstown, definitely. Very keen to check that out. Haven't been to that part of the world. Patagonia, maybe, maybe not. I think I'd go the Machu Picchu before I go Patagonia. Uh, Great Wall of China, that's on your list. Yes. Uh, Tokyo. Tokyo, yep. But maybe after Mount Fuji, maybe not. Yes. The uh, Dumont Saint Michel. Oh, yeah. Again, yes and no. I'm a bit more excited about that. Uh, having realised you can see it in the distance the whole way, I like the kind of that. Mm-hmm. The, of course, the Inca Trail Marathon. That's that's right up near at the top of my list. Uh, Midnight Sun. Yeah, it would be mm. bad, but I don't think I'd go all the way for it. Similarly with the uh, the the Iceland Reykjavik. Again, if I was in town or nearby, I, I'd divert, but I wouldn't travel yep. one side of the world to get there and uh, the big five yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. again <laughs> if I was close by but having had the the, the game park pr- experience the privilege of one yeah. the game parks and two running uh, a couple of comrades that's it's probably enough for me so final thoughts on uh crazy fun marathons from a a family travel perspective Uh, from a family travel perspective looking at events that there's something for everyone Uh, so something like Patagonia would not be so good but something like Walt Disney World would be fabulous something like Honolulu would be exciting the Inca Trail is beyond your group Um, there are always different ways to look at events and whether that's from a selfish perspective or whether that's from a family or a couple's perspective, again, um, some of those destinations are great destinations with a partner that doesn't run. Okay, so it's the end of our uh, feature segment this uh, for this week. And uh, as we've said, uh, just having a bit of a look at the 25 crazy fun marathons that are totally worth training, uh, written by uh, an article written by Lauren Paul from buzzfeed.com. The Road Ahead. Join us as we take a quick peek at a few of next weekend's running events. Well, time to have a look at the, the running ahead for next week. We'll leave on till over till next week our uh, sort of review and take on the Anzac Ultra. We've sort of run out of time today. Had a lot of fun on that crazy fun yes. uh, marathons. So uh, the big one on for this weekend, of course, is the Brimbank Park Marathon in Melbourne, where Sue's going to run your 100th marathon. Ooh. So yes. that will be exciting for you. 100 marathons. So uh, we'll be out there celebrating that. 99 of them with me. Yes, 99 of them One with of them you. without. One so, of them without. Uh, our, our marathon after this will be our 100th together, but this week it's all about you and it's your 100th Susan Marathon. What mm. else is on? What else is on? Well, the, the, the big one for a lot of people, the Virgin Money London Marathon. And great interest in watching this, there's been a lot of lead-up talk about it. Um, one of our marathon fa- marathon favourites is also on this weekend, Big Sur. 
So you've got uh, the choice of Big Sur or London as being the two big popular events. But also around the world, we've got the Bergen Marathon, the Country Music Marathon in Tennessee, the Spring Marathon in Iceland, the Folsom Lake in California, Hurt the Dirt in Michigan, Jailbreak Marathon in Wisconsin, Miner's Revenge in California, Pine Line in Wisconsin, the River Rat in South Dakota, the Langabarn Marathon in South Africa, Shangri-La Marathon Ooh, in China. Now this looked really stunning and great lead up uh, promo through Facebook too. Valdez Caldera in New Mexico, the Das Marathon in Germany, Antwerp Marathon in Belgium. Um, we also have Gettysburg North South in the US, Glass City in the US too, the Himalayan Running and Living Marathon, D'Albi in the Pyrenees, Aze Le Dieu in France, Hamburg and Dusseldorf both on the same weekend, New Jersey, Oklahoma Marathon, Warsaw Marathon in Poland, Rhodes Marathon in Greece, the Rock and Roll Show goes on with Rock and Roll Madrid, Shakespeare Marathon in the UK, San Luis Obispo in California, Syracuse in Sicily and Italy, the Slow Mag in South Africa, and Waterloo Marathon in Canada. Well, there's some exciting ones there. And yeah, some big uh, ones. Particularly some of those Americans just got such great, great names. Great names, <sighs> yes. So. Uh, hurt the dirt. I like yes. that one. <laughs> okay, so thanks for tuning in to the Partner Running Show. Uh, good to be back. Uh, best of luck to Sue for your 100th marathon at Brimbank Park, uh, Trails Plus event. You can still enter there if you're in uh, Melbourne or going to be in Melbourne for the weekend. It's one of those hidden gems, the Brimbank mm. Park uh, along the Maribyrnong River. Beautiful, beautiful running on a very, uh, well, it's not a road because it's a, it's a gravel trail, but it's kind of one of those open open pathways it's very nice to run um, more road than trail in many ways but got the benefit of the soft gravel okay we'll see you next week on the partner running show thank you very much you're listening to the partner running show with your hosts couple on the run sue and andrew o'brien proudly brought to you by partnerrunning.com and the partner runner magazine